Hello and welcome again to the Wide World of Wargaming Age of Sigmar podcast. As always, we are your hosts, uh, Alex, John, uh, Jeremy, and Garrett. We have a little bit to talk about today as we slowly start to close things up here at the Wide World of Wargaming and start to open things up just a little bit more in the in your phase uh what do we want to call it media network podcast uh in your face conglomerate <laughs> uh, but you a know new phase of our life exactly yes. yeah so you know we we're going to be talking a little bit about that today we're also going to be telling you guys a little bit about uh, some of the other things that we're going to have planned in terms of content as we begin to switch on over to that uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about uh, some upcoming uh, things that we're going to be uh, promoting and also helping participate in uh, in the very near future specifically just a few days after this recording and then of course we are going to be talking about the general's handbook 2020 since it just came out there's a lot there there's a lot for us to go through and review and we actually have it in our hands now rather than just some rando leaks or just an image on the checkout page of the games workshop web store so uh, as always john what's on that workbench of yours hey how's it going alex jeremy garrett my friends good to see you this week as a matter of fact uh not much on my workbench uh you know if they say that uh shopping is hobby progress then uh my hobby progress is I have went from zero Necrons in my collection to all the Necrons in my collection. So I am, <laughs> I am now the king of the Necron universe with, uh, I actually bought three Necron armies off of eBay. Uh, that's why they look like that. I was like, I was like, there's okay. There's no way that I've known John for this long and he's had that complete of a collection and he hasn't talked to me about that. I was like, there's something wrong here. I don't know what's going on. Where the fuck have these been? I've been to his house. I've slept yep. in his gaming room, crashed there. I never seen a single goddamn Necron. So I was like, never had a single Necron. <laughs> nope. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a thing that I've known about Warhammer, I've noticed before, is that edition changes and new codex changes are the time to find people being butt sore about their armies and stuff. <laughs> and so I had, uh, I got in my mind that I wanted to try out the new Necrons. Actually, it's funny, I was gonna split the box set and then I really found no one to split the box set with me. So I decided I was just gonna have both sides. And uh, with our new In Your Phase media network coming out, we are gonna talk a little bit more about AOS and 40K. I thought it'd be nice to uh, uh, continue having uh, and talk a little Necrons. It's not death, but I'll tell you what, Alex, um, I'm not a Necron aficionado yet, so I look forward to learning about Necrons on our uh, journey. It's kind of a new phase of my life, as you were, learning about the ways of Necrons. <laughs> uh, but so far, I'm really impressed with the models. A lot more detail, really nice looking models that I was unsurprised. Other than that, minor thing. Um, haven't been doing much. Uh, today, I decided to wander out in my pepper garden and I picked uh, a super hot pepper, a Fatali eye pepper from uh, Central Africa. And uh, I ate one of those bad boys and it was hot. Uh, for those of you that are friends of mine on Facebook, I post a little video over there. Um, I can say I did that at about noon, uh, 11.30, and ah, my tongue, yeah, I could still feel the, uh, the tender spot in the center where that pepper landed. So uh, I know 
uh, Alex, uh, Garrett, you guys will be looking forward to trying some of the uh, oh, Vitaly okay. peppers. I'm, I'm envisioning about five weeks before the rest of the plant is ready and I have them to send out, but it should be pretty delightful. The thing you're going to really like about these, and you'll see if you watch my video, um, it almost like tastes like an orange. Like, Remember last year, there was like a little bit of a hint of citrus to those uh, uh, Carolina Reaper peppers? These ones are like, boom, like you're like, wow, oh, that's super citrusy, and there's no heat, no heat, and oh my gosh, it's so fruity, and oh, 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 my face, <laughs> and that's about how it goes. So that is all that was happening on my workbench. Garrett, my friend, what is going on on your workbench this week? Uh, not a whole lot. Um, on Sunday, I went over to our friend James's house for a game of Warhammer to practice with the new General's Handbook. Um, so since they don't have the updated points for eight factions yet, because they were released too soon to the publishing date of the, well, the send to printer date bullshit. of the last General's Handbook. Yeah, absolute bullshit. 100 so, so technically those points are still their points are still current then they're non-updated so the current points are current okay. technically yes uh but so we we decided to practice with i played stormcast eternals is what it came down to i was like mm. stormcasts as we'll talk later they got a resounding ton of point drops and i was like let's try these new stormcasts uh they didn't do well uh, I made some wacky, weird lists. I want to just practice. Like one list, uh, it's 190 points cheaper with the new points. Um, and I was like, here we go. It didn't do well. Uh, actually, mm. I played that one twice versus Skaven and Night Haunt, and it just got annihilated. Uh, but it was, it was fun. Uh, we played the new missions, the two brand new missions, which we'll talk about later. Um, as opposed uh, as opposed to just the rewrites of old missions, and they were quite interesting to play. Um, and then, other than that, uh, been focusing on some D and D stuff because uh, I started a new campaign with my father-in-law and wow, sister-in-law's fiance, um, and so got to play. They're brand new to D and D; have never played it before. So I set up the Ghosts of Saltmarsh module for D&D 5th edition, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, honestly, it's, it's nice to not homebrew something for once and just run a module where everything is just laid out for me. And uh, the, the two newcomers had a blast. They uh, got into it, and I had uh, my wife and a friend of mine who lives in Pittsburgh, who I played D&D with in all of my campaigns, and they were doing fun too. So I uh, had a lot of fun with that on Saturday. And uh, just getting ready for the new edition in Warhammer News. Uh, well, not the new edition, the new points. Just trying to see what happens to the cities of Sigmar, what happens to Zines. Just trying to see what's going to happen so I can get ready and start pivoting my lists and trying to figure out. So that, that's all I've been going on this week. Uh, Jeremy, I, I heard you had another fun game versus Alex. Um. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. I know it's unusual <laughs> here that my workbench is bare, but I oh, did right. something today. I painted one model. <laughs> I painted one uh, Luminif uh, uh, ward, uh, basically. Uh, you still got to paint the skin, man. I saw that photo. Yeah, I know. I ran it. So I went to like two different game stores to find some Goldman <laughs> flesh. <laughs> so that was. 
I can tell it's a very popular contrast paint. I've been trying to follow the the luminous like paint guide from the actual book. So Do I've they been, use like, the contrast paints now Ooh. in those paint guides? Ah. Yeah, they, ah. they actually mix them with uh, uh, like non-contrast paint, like like so they're using them to like as like a wash in some cases, like mm-hmm. uh, which was like surprising to me because I was that's cool. Like I guess like they decided like hey like you don't have to use. Uh, uh, contrast paints on uh, the contrast only like you know base colors um so yeah. and the skin is effectively um they may you know this is my first time using the contrast medium i've never used it before uh i own it but never used it in this paint guide recommend really to use it for a couple of parts and i was very surprised how good the contrast medium is dude um, i gotta say contrast medium is your best friend like Oh, yeah. Not only should you a be using contrast medium every single time, even if it's not like an old bottle of contrast, you should be using it on every single color always, at least like one to three kind of ratio, at least in my opinion. But you can turn your normal paints into contrast paints. Yes, with the contrast medium. I well, fucking for me, love it. it was the uh, it's the fact that it uh, uh, it uh, turns it, uh, it the Games Workshop paints have a, a ton of pigments, like more pigments than typical like acrylic paints, even in their uh, kind of like shade, ink, uh, slash uh, uh, contrast paints. And the medium, so so sometimes my problem is that when I paint like, you know, I try to do my due diligence of uh, the Duncan rule of two thin coats, but you know, the mediums just help you like flatten up, like especially these like long rounded surfaces, uh, like make sure your brush stroke isn't like leaving uh, some kind of like over like patchy or, or patches of pigments effectively. Two thin coats isn't just about making it smooth. It's about making the color solid. Because you can do like a thin coat of contrast. It's just mostly to lower the uh, the pigment. Like there's just too much pigment in the Games Workshop paints. And as they get older and older, they clump up. Uh, oh, yeah. It's, yeah. The two thin coat is mostly just about like lowering the pigment for uh, like whatever globule of water you want to count it. It just makes yeah, it I mean, it's, it also reduces things like seeing visible brush strokes and those kinds of things, unless you're, you're using those as advanced techniques. It's, yeah. you know, it, let's say most GW paint takes to water well. I, I'm really liking that, uh, as I was saying, that contrast medium uh, is pretty amazing. I've tried it with some inks. I've tried it with some Vallejo air paints, with GW paints. Uh, I've tried mixing different paints together with that contrast medium. And like Alex said, it takes whatever you're working with and turns it into a contrast paint it's it's amazing stuff you know you want to color in between and it also works real well to thin down some of those stronger contrast paints some of the the blues and that red are pretty potent uh, as far as contrast and you can back those off a little bit too so i'm um the one thing i did they didn't really show in the guide too well is how to paint um the kind of marbling effect on the the armor that they do um like the the other quartz armor, if you look at like all like a lot of their models, they have like kind of like a marbling, gray effect on them, uh, and then mm-hmm. didn't see anything in the guides to how to do that. So yeah. uh, that's unfortunate. I'll have to maybe they'll release a video because I kind of want to try it on some uh, of my like more like you know my when I get the battle cow, the battle cow. Um, maybe that's a new paint they're gonna okay. have. They're like marble wash. You just one coat, boom, over gray sear, <laughs> and you've got like a perfect mar- marbling pattern. So real quick, real quick. Real quick. They're gonna have a marbling te- uh, technical. You just put Real quick. marbling technical over a white, and you're good to go. Yeah. I'm looking right now at the battle tome. Um, really, the only marbling armor that's very present, like it's white armor, 
on the Sentinels, on the Wardens, on the uh, Dawn Riders. Um, but the marbling is really prevalent on, well, there's marble-like white armor that's a lot cooler white on, um, on the light of Ethereum. But then the mountain, the mountain troops specifically have like actual mild marbling effect. But when you look closer, it's not as much a marbling effect, but it is like the old like, like Japanese like like Japanese art, like feudal Japanese art with like the how the clouds are put together. It's yeah. freehand. So it's yeah. freehand. That's yeah, exactly what my wife said when she saw the uh, the armor. She's like, are they trying to be like Chinese, like or like? Yeah. Because of the, 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 so, the so that itself, they're probably not going to get a recipe on, but it definitely looks like a very light brown paired with it. But like, I can tell you right now, if you want to do the marbling effect, like actual marbling with like the <clears throat> darker lines, like I have a technique I can show you. It's I'll be take greatly appreciated. And then I can show you how to play Nighthawk better. And then <laughs> do you have? I need all I need is some goddamn dryer sheets. It's not your workspace time yet. Let me finish. <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm done. Go for it, Alex. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. Go on. Continue. You just might get muted. It doesn't matter. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Before you continue, Alex, what's was that a triceratops on your hat? Yeah. Yes. So my uh, my mother uh, during quarantine, she's been starting up. I don't know if she started up the Etsy store or not or yet, but um, she's been making face masks and she's been making all sorts of really cool stuff. Uh, she's been, uh, she's got a visor company called Outer Rim Headwear. And uh, mm. yeah, I have a little uh, dinosaur print one. I also have, let me disappear for a sec. You had me at dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of our earlier conversation for the new Pathfinder. I also right? have. Uh oh. It's like it's like stripper gear. Rip. <laughs> Avocados. Avocados. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm down with that. Maybe one with sunflowers. My what? Okay, that's so, pretty cool. Yeah, that's I have a little. Cool. I have a little brother who's like super into outdoors and super into like hiking. So like he's gotten it really popular among his like small crew of like PTC or Pacific Coast or PCT Pacific Coast Trail kind of like hikers. So like her Instagram and her social media feed for her company is all filled with like hiking people doing wearing visors and stuff being all over the place. But uh, yeah, you know it's uh it's fun. You know I'm gonna try to get like uh, who knows maybe I'll get some in your face ones. But uh. You know, yeah. when you first started wearing that hat, I thought we were going to have like a Fear and Loathing Las Vegas episode or something. Oh, yeah, well, we're going. We don't need <laughs> we don't need tables. Uh, but yeah, no, definitely a Triceratops on this one. Dig it. Yeah, like hell it. yeah. I was, she was like, what do you want? And I was like, well, you know, I like dinosaurs. You know, I was the dinosaur kid when I was little. So hell yeah. Um, okay. But then, oh, that I is, mean, the, the sudden interest in Seraphons, then, Jesus. Yeah, ah. honestly, no, the sudden, sudden interest in Seraphon came from a Total War Warhammer campaign with Krotgar when I realized that you could do a, like, um, you know, each race has their own, like, little, like, special ritual they can do. They can do, like, one of four rituals every so often. One of them is, like, you automatically get almost a almost completely full stack of feral dinosaurs. And, like, that was my favorite. Because <laughs> I would have, like, a skink start, like, a skink priest on, like, a uh, a stegodon and then i would have like 
a whole stack of like, eventually as like the, the um, bastilodons, like the feral bastilodons died, I would replace them with, uh, um, you know, the Triceratops or like a Carnosaur and I basically have like a stack of like 20 uh, feral dinosaurs or 19 feral dinosaurs in like one HQ and just like be like, oh, a siege battle. <laughs> I can auto-populate this, but I'd really prefer to just play this one out and you just go forward, you crack the fucking gates, you just get everyone inside and it's like, oh man, this is Jurassic Park. <laughs> so that made me, that inspired me. I was like, oh shit, I should probably play Seraphon even though they don't have feral dinosaurs, so. You know, I didn't, I didn't talk about our game, so because I know we're going to be talking about it on your on your portion of the workspace, so. Uh, no, we can't. Why don't, why don't you do it? Why don't, why don't you talk about it? There's nothing to talk about. You guys can watch it <laughs> uh, for the next couple weeks. Uh, it will last about uh, one turn, uh, and then uh, you can hear uh, the moaning and cries from uh, yours truly, Alex, uh, in the background. <laughs> Okay, you know what? I moan a lot less. I don't know. I moan a lot less. It's less an old man, like, and he like just beat it into you through shame. <laughs> I was on my best behavior. Yeah, you were I have literally done show. nothing wrong ever, for the record. Um, <laughs> ever in your whole life. Ever. Never it's, done it's anything like, wrong. Like, the way I described it to Greg was that like that game was me trying to like basically beat the rust out of Alex. Like but not like, you know, with like some chemical products and like some, you know, sitting in a bath for a long time. I was just like, let me just go get the fucking- You just took a shovel and just went to town. Like- <laughs> Get the rest off, because Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, truly, truly. For, for our listeners out there, yeah. Uh, long story short, he, he went, Alex, you're very rusty in night haunt. So let me absolutely beat the fucking shit out of you to teach you a lesson, to remind you, not to play the way you've been playing right now. Because you're, I was playing like an OBR player and then not playing like a Nighthawk player. I was actually not even playing like an OBR player. I was just playing like a dumb shit, so. So, yeah, so he, you're saying you wanted, to, you, you wanted to go over his, the dungeon and have him, like Bogeyman, take it easy on you. Yeah, you know, um, back in the day, and, and I don't want our listeners to actually look this up because they might get, you know, I don't know if you share your computer or anything like that. And I'm not going to give you any hints or anything. But in San Francisco, in the armory, um, you know, every major city has an armory kind of thing from back in the day. Um, in San Francisco, Story their, armory, their armory is a, a theater. It's a theater now. But in the basement of the theater, um, there's a very particular studio, let's call it. And that studio is for people who want to arouse certain interests that they wouldn't normally be able to explore. Um, and, and, you know, it's... Uh, it's a, there was a whole website based around it. I don't even need to talk about it. There used to be a Netflix documentary all about it, but it's all in the basement of the armory. At least it used to be. And uh, <laughs> I, sometimes I feel like going down, going to Jeremy's dungeon is like my 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 kink of just getting my ass handed to me. So who knows? Maybe there's some underlying shit I just need to work out with that. I honestly, I probably just need therapy. Who knows? The uh... why do you need therapy when you got Jeremy's dungeon? That's right. Sounds like you. Sounds like you're letting it all out. That sounds very healthy to me. We're letting it all in. Wife <laughs> 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 <Not like> approved. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Anyways, uh, I yeah no. It was, it was one of those. It was a game. It was a game. We we learned. We I learned. Uh, <laughs> I hope so, for fuck's sake. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really like the I fact like that you just... I feel like we were back like two years ago and like you trying to learn how to play Night Hall and we're just like, 
why do you keep charging me turn one? This is not working. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I uh, beat, beat the rust out of me. Beat the fucking There's rust. There's four other turns you can win. Like, why try to win on the first one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I have not fought Night Hunt against New KO anyways. So... I, yeah, but I'm, that point doesn't. Honestly, I'm just grasping at straws here. I'm looking for an excuse. Yeah, I was like, I don't. That point doesn't hold true even for like new KO. It's just like, don't do that ever against no. anyone. against anyone. Maybe against Beast of Cut. I could get away with it against Beast of Chaos. I think. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I would be impressed if you lose to Beast of Chaos. Period. I, I don't. I'd be more impressed if you play against Beast of Chaos. Well, we could get Kyle right. out of the house and actually have him. Nah, have he's him gonna play KO. He's not going to play K. He's not going oh, to play his KO. First, he's got to get his KO built and painted then. So, Well, that's a different problem, and that's not my problem. And that's not your that's problem. Not problem. That's not What's my problem. You work, yeah. Alex. What are you doing other than losing? Uh <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, this has been uh, the 73rd episode. 73 of Wide World Work. We're uh, See you guys later. Yeah, good night. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. No, um, <laughs> outside of consistent... <laughs> Outside of consistently getting bullied by Jeremy. Um, everybody I, I gets one. Everybody <laughs> gets one. Oh, shit. That's, that's Ben Schmuller's line. Um, right now, I don't have anything on my workbench. I had the idea of copy-pasting my Necron color scheme from my, or my Necron, my OBR color scheme to my Necrons, and I tested it out, and it worked okay, but everyone's responses were either, oh, cool, that looks nice, or like, oh, that's a predictable color scheme for you, Alex. And so after a while, I was like, okay, probably need to think about something different. And so I've basically been talking to our good friend, Israel Sanchez, who has painted some absolutely gorgeous models, gorgeous minis, gorgeous armies. A few of us have those minis. Jeremy's got several minis from uh, painted by Israel. Uh, John, I'm... I'm 100% confident. There you go. Yeah, yeah. You've got those. Uh, the Go Trek was painted right there from uh, by Israel for uh, for Jeremy. He's also got a gorgeous Harlequin Wraith Knight. He's got a Magnus the Red, among others. And um, he's been talking to me about color theory. I mean, like, I'm good with color theory. I'm not bad with it. But he and I have been talking about new schemes and new things that I can try to do. So I'm going to get a hold of some chipping medium because now he's trying to open my eyes to having like slightly chipped and worn Necrons, which I'm so used to having like really clean, nice looking Necrons. And I'm not frankly a huge fan of like decrepit, bad, old looking Necrons, but all the new minis also have that as a part of their actual texture. So oh, yeah, the new miniatures will lend themselves to them really well, huh? Yeah, so like you look at the Scorpec destroyers and like their legs have some like dents and scraps and scratch and you know they have a lot of battle damage on them. They're really trying to plug home like this is not an undead army, but like this is an undead army. So I get it. Um, the new Necron warriors are a perfect example. Like they're actually going to be a lot more harder to paint now. Not they were never really easy to paint, uh, but there are like in all Necron models surface level. There's actually a lot more like complexity and depth and, and detail to the models. I'm sure, John, you've been able to see. Then I, I'm super surprised. See. Yeah, super surprised at how detailed they are. Like, they're really cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, they, I want to explore kind of like new outlets here and new kind of styles. So he's trying to like break me away to like try the, uh, the crackle medium, or not crackle medium, um, I'm, I'm chipping medium from either Vallejo or AK, whichever one I can honestly get, because both of them are kind of hard to get because um, our local stores don't sell them. 
but I, he gave me some like, I mean, I, I'm gonna have to go to like art store, get a couple of inks that he recommended. So it's gonna be like a, a jade colored armor and uh, black armor. Like one of, the, one of the minor dynasties that was in the Dynasty um, Warhammer community article is what I'm basing it off of. So it's like jade armor, black like torso <clears throat> armor bits. And then um, it had green energy on the Warhammer community uh, one, but I'm just replacing that with something that contrasts really highly. And it's gonna basically be a pink. So it's gonna be like pink energy. Ooh, and so, cool. yeah, I mean, you guys have seen some of the test things I've been putting out, but um, still not fully sold on what I wanna do for like blades, but I'm definitely not gonna use the copy paste OBR method. Um, so right now, that's all on hold as we anticipate, uh, you know, the the release this weekend for for ninth edition book set because like I'm sure Jeremy and I are gonna have a lot of building to do. Uh, our local store, uh, one of our local stores, OC Geeks and Games, I pre-ordered a couple of boxes, one for me and one for our friend, or me and Jeremy, and then one for uh, our good friend uh, Ben Schmoller, who's the CEO of uh, T Ship. So he and I are I'm gonna be splitting basically with both of them, and. Uh, yeah, we're gonna. We're, I'm gonna have a lot of building to do, but we also have a game coming up. Uh, Jeremy and I are gonna be playing another stream game this Sunday. Uh, I don't know who I'm fighting against, but I know that I'm gonna be playing Grand Wog. So another thing that's on my workbench is big trying Wog. to learn Grand Big Wog. Big Wog. My bad. I'm gonna have to learn Big Wog. Wog. It's a Grand Wog. Is it, 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 it's big the Grand Wog. Wog or Big Wog? Someone tell me. Big Wog. Care. I'm calling it the Grand Sounds like, I don't know, don't fucking ask me. I didn't know there was a difference. I thought it was the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I thought they were just interchangeable. So like, whichever one it is, it's the like Legion of Nagash destruction orc list, right? So I don't know, I, I, I'm, Jeremy's got a pretty big collection. He's got one savage orc uh, caster guy and then a lot of Iron Jaw models. Uh, so. uh, great Prophet painted by uh, Frank DeLoach. And yep. then I have uh, oh, the I saw that one. That, 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 that one from Frank looks dope. I love it. Yes. That one does look dope as fuck. Yeah. 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 I like I, his style on orcs. And then I got, uh, yeah, mostly Iron Jaws. I wish I had uh, some Savage orcs, but I do not, sadly. Um, yeah. The, uh, that would be uh, Bone Splitter orcs that uh, will be it's a good it's a good mixture to have like bone splitters are really good battle line versus like I mean hard boys are very good too but it's nice to have uh, a mixture of both so so um, who, who am I playing against then I don't know I was thinking probably against the Sylvana oh good shit oh, okay yeah Sylvana yeah that'd be cool that'd be cool I'd be down with that um, that's been a while since <laughs> I them out and uh you know Ar armies that neither of us are too experienced with on the actual table itself so It'll be a real fun game. Um, well, I'm, I'm, hoping have to, the, I'm hoping the fact comes up before then, so we can actually play like uh, some army list and new points. Uh, well, well Sylvaneth got new points. I'm not talking about the Sylvaneth. I'm talking about the grand, the big wall. The grand the big wall. wall. The big wall. Hey, the rogue idol went down. The what? The rogue idol went got cheaper. Yeah, the rogue idol got cheaper for some weird ass reason, and didn't get into legends, which is another cool no. Thing. Didn't get pumped so, into legend. So, so too many people might be, like that model. Too many people do. Um, this actually brings us to the topic of talking about the General's Handbook. But before we do so, uh, I got to say, Rogue Idol, one of the coolest models I have ever seen for Games Workshop. It's really not. Come on. It's just a bunch of rocks. Okay. Like, no, 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 no. Rocks. So, 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 so no, Jeremy, it's fun. Jeremy, Jeremy, it's one thing to just build the model and to paint the model and to use the model. It's another thing to execute it in a way that really, like, really gets like 
gets your opponent going and makes them understand a few things. So there's a local player in the Bay Area, and I'm sure John already knows who I'm talking about, who I visited John when he was running one of his tournaments, uh, one of the Winter Wars events that I couldn't make, but I was in town. Oh, it was the most recent Winter Wars. I was in town with my fiance, and we went, we drove down to uh, Mountain View to like see them, say hi, take a look at a few of the tables. Scott Reed was playing with his gorgeous orc army as well. And uh, somebody had a rogue idol, but what he had, the base itself had a bunch of like signposts on it. And he told me that like he had, a, he had the face mask for the rogue idol, but the rogue idol's face mask was put into pieces. So as he began to, t began to take enough wounds to like, to, to bring him down to the next kind of like a level, uh, he would take off a piece of the mask and put it on the signpost. So like the less mask he had, the more damage he had taken. And I was like, that's fucking cool. Like, that's very cool. Like the face was all magnetized for it. And it was like a really clean, like I, you couldn't tell. Like John, who, who is that guy? Yeah, was that, was that David Gonzalez's army? I don't know. It might've been. Either him or maybe Tyler. I, they were both playing orcs, I think, at the at the event. I'd actually have to go back and look. I do remember seeing that model though. That was a pretty amazing hobby job. Yeah, yeah, that is. Um, it was it was stellar. I I was very impressed by by like just the hobby the hobby quality right there. So, you know, that's one of the things I uh, I really like that rogue idol, and it, it went down in points. Um, I'm shocked that. No, hot take with Forge World real quick. Maybe it might be best for us to start with Forge World then for, uh, you know, General's Handbook changes. I am surprised that the... I'm surprised that as many things from Monsters Arcanum got, became legends, things like the Dreadmaw, things like the Carmine Dragon, but then again, they were almost never used. Um, I'm also low-key shocked that the Morn Ghoul stayed in the game as well, and it got cheaper. Still not worth it to take, because it might be 180 points, but it doesn't have its three up and ignore rent, doesn't have the same attacks, uh, the things it used to have. Basically it has the same offensive power, but like the, the nerfed offensive power, pardon me, but not worth it. But I am also very happy to hear that Legion of Asgore, which is a holy Forge World army, still stayed. So you get to see all those beautiful Chaos Dwarfs. Like Horn Dragon went down like 100 points. He did? Yeah. Oh, he's 1400 points instead of 1500 points. Yeah. Yeah. That's like almost like two full units of Blood Reavers. <laughs> That's a unit of five Blood Warriors. I just remember our good friend Joe Cryer, who <laughs> complained about, uh, love him to death, complained about how you couldn't put the corn dragon in certain spots because his base is so big. Uh, you yeah. can like, so you can like hide units in between two small pieces of terrain that he can't get to and be like, ha, 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 you will never get this. Like, yeah, the Joe Cryer special. The uh, let's argue a uh, bunch of fundamental semantics here. No, uh, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, no, it was such a waste of time for all of us. I mean, it's, he didn't have a wrong point. It's just that like, like, would it really matter? Um, and um, I was going to say, uh, um, Let's not talk about the, like, let's talk about what made it to Legends. Uh, there's also another very important model that made it to Legends that's not a Forge World model. Uh, and that's the, uh, the Orc uh, Big Boss. Oh, yeah. I, honestly, I, I doubt it's Wait, <laughs> what? Someone illuminated me. I've never heard of the Big Boss before. 
it, it says basically an orc war boss. It's the old Greenskins orc war boss. And you can pick him, I think, on a pig or not. And he had this great command ability that would, like, give, what, plus one attack? On yes. to a stackable plus one attack. Yeah, it was a stackable plus one attack. And it affected any uh, orc unit. Oh, so Vaganos used that against me in SoCal Open. Yeah, so it was any orc unit. And because Big Wah had this wonderful loophole where Big Wah could take any orc unit, technically, you could throw the big boss in a Big Wah attachment uh, allegiance without needing it to be Iron Jaws or Bone Splitters. And he had a stackable plus one attack command ability. And with um, things like fungoid chavins and stuff being able to give you a lot of command abilities and the answer course approach, you could just buff guys to a crazy number of attacks really easily. Yeah, it was like the uh, when uh, when they first had like you can spend as many fifty points as you want in command points when like the Gorgrunta Alpha Strike list was around. We're like, oh, oh right, <laughs> thirty extra attack. Like what? <laughs> and it charges you turn one, and it's a one drop army. Enjoy. Uh, <laughs> no, it's that was for me. It was kind of like uh, that kind of nailed the coffin into green skins, like coming back as like uh, like that entire model line being like re we put together the rest of like the orcs model line because you know they still sell the uh, green skins uh, models. Like most of the models, they legends from uh, at least Forge World were like models they basically stopped making. I think the dread mod they haven't made one like for the entirety of twenty 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 and like twenty. I'm oh, sure. Uh, so I don't know. It's just, you know, outside of Le- legends is cool. It's something, uh, they took from 40 K, right. They brought that, uh, from 40 K into age of Sigmar. I believe yeah. actually age of Sigmar had it first. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is the first book of legends. No, the, the legends was a PDF that was on the Warhammer community website from basically 2017. Yeah. Yeah, Legends has been a thing for Age of Sigmar for a long yeah, le- time. Yeah, a bunch of Skaven stuff is Legends right now and has remember, been for a long time. Last uh, last General's Handbook, a bunch of Tomb King players just kind of, whew, yeah, did a sigh of relief because they were like, oh, we didn't get Legends. I remember that for a fact because that uh, Tomb King Tristan guy on Twitter, um, and, and I think he's pretty common with uh, – with uh, Honest Wargamer, he was posting a lot on Twitter at the time, being like, holy shit, they didn't get put into Legends. Oh my God, I still have an army that works. This is amazing. This is the first time that the General's Handbook had Legends in it, specifically. Legends has been, it was a PDF that you could download off of the uh, Warhammer community website before. The, uh, so, right, so, Tomb Kings got Legends again as well, this general handbook. And uh, I, I mean, I'm surprised Alex didn't bring it up, but like the ultimate meme out of that was that Catacross's face was the background of that face. Yep. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, hey, we gave you a new army. Go buy these models. Uh, and um, even though there's like no chariots and uh, OBR. Okay. okay. O- OBR army is very much not a Tomb King army. It's like, it's similar. It's parallel. It's like, it, it is the new age Tomb Kings. Like, I know talking? it's not. Yeah, in previous, it's not in the previous new episodes, Tomb Kings. Tomb Kings are very clearly just like Necrons. They're they're Egyptian and they're Assyrian yeah. and they're Mesopotamian, all combined into one. Tomb King, or I mean, uh, Bone Reapers are clearly like a little bit of everything from several time periods. Well, they're, they're, they're Alexander the Great. 
Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I take that because there's a little bit of, uh, there's a bit, little bit of like Western Asian culture and and Persia. very different kinds of units is the main thing. You know, uh, when you look at, at tomb kings, they were definitely tomb kings, you know, with sphinxes and stuff like that. OBR is its own unique look. So, yeah. And then if you look in the fluff too of like Asia, it's clear that there's, the fluff itself does like heavily throw like Alexander the Great vibes in, even though fucking Illuminate do it better. Um, the Luminate are. <laughs> I actually tried to like I tried to describe what Luminate were to my wife, and I was like, "Well, think of like Native American spirituality, but put it into like Byzantine, like Greco warriors, and also, uh, yeah, kind of the spire falls, kind of like that. Elves, <laughs> they, they got a whole elf thing. No, right? no, no. How to describe Luminate with like think of think of Byzantine <laughs> Empire, but with a Alexandrian phalanx, like that's what it well, is. Well, it's it's yeah, it's uh, they're uh, they're like a phalanx with like native american spirituality like uh aspects so yeah. it's just like i'm not sure how to like describe this army better and like within like a store like real content <laughs> native americans I mean, did that... not worship cows they did not i mean worship i will there's another eastern culture that is more endearing of cows there is another eastern <laughs> culture that's worship more endearing cows, of cows. john they worship the mountain spirit the mountain that spirit just happens to look like Cow. What it just is, happens to and, be a battle cow. And helmets and standards. I, I, I'm just going to say the fact that it's hard to pinpoint um, a specific culture or thing about Luminev, honestly, it shows you know the creativity of GW to make something unique that isn't has to be inspired by a specific Oh, oh watch out, watch out. You might world. upset you might upset some dude in his basement who's like, I don't want this to be inclusive. It's not even uh, the fact it's inclusive. Is this is a unique and a uh, fresh, uh, like culture? It doesn't have to be you know, something exactly. that relates also, to a real world thing. It's it's its own thing because GW was able to be like it doesn't need to be. They don't need to be you know Native American. They don't need to be Mesopotamian. They're, they're literally like taking you know certain aspects of one culture and mixing them with certain aspects yeah, of another yeah, because well, fuck, well, it's like, their own thing. It's fantasy. They're shit. they're they're now that like. Age of Sigmar is way more high fantasy than even Warhammer fantasy was. It's clear that like Lumineth are just like, these are high elves, but they're higher high elves. They're, yeah, like, they're the highest elves. They're, the they're high, mountain high elves. <laughs> <laughs> they're the highest elves, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, it's back to the GHB. So they're Scottish. <laughs> oh oh my God. So, you know, the General's Handbook, um, there were there were some point changes. Obviously, eight fucking factions didn't get their goddamn increase. And uh, what was it? Uh, hold on, I'm sure I got the tweet somewhere. I use my I use my cell phone as my webcam. Well, while so, he pulls uh, that up, let's uh, talk about the. the okay, I I just wanna I just wanna make a point on these. The fact that eight factions weren't updated. Wow, like what ten factions were? So I I have reached the conclusion that the general's handbook should just not update points anymore. They should they, they should instead update points in a PDF released with or soon after the General's Handbook for every faction. Because I'm looking at a lot of these points, and since the General's Handbook was clearly written about a year ago, a lot of these points feel a year old. Well, they're and they're, so they're mostly from the winter fact. A lot of these changes, you know, yeah, they yeah. these are old changes. 
Well, so that, that's what I'm thinking is the winter FAQ, which updated points for a lot of factions. I feel like they went, well, we already wrote a general's handbook that has point updates. Why don't we just pre-release those winter into the winter FAQ? <laughs> oh. And I'm like, and so I'm sitting here and I'm like, but so the problem is, is there's all of these factions that were not analyzed and modern with a modern meta. And so there's going to be eight factions which were looked at four to six, four months ago that got looked at and then are being put into an FAQ now. And those guys have a much more modern look on how their points should be. While these guys are up to a year old on how their points should be. Honestly, they should just update every faction four months ago to now rather and just release all points as an FAQ and don't even bother having them in the general's handbook anymore. Because like, it, no, they, they still need the general handbook for missions. No, exactly. That's what I'm saying is they yes. use the general's handbook for missions and rules updates, but just don't put points in it anymore. It, like, yeah. it, it doesn't make sense since it, apparently the general's handbook takes nine months to go to the printers, translations, and everything because the, C- the Cities of Sigmar was nine months ago and it did not make it in this book. I want takes- to grab a bit more about this because I'm really pissed because they released the 40K facts a week before the fucking book drops. Yup. I can't get the damn GHB fact. It's been a okay. week. <laughs> Regardless of when the fact is released, the fact that the book itself was finished and sent to pr- printers nine months ago, which means this book is nine months old. It just seems so points, long ago. Why? Yeah. Like, City. remember when Cities of Sigmar was released? That, the, this book was finished and sent to printers before Cities of Sigmar was released. Yeah. Just think about that for a second. But, but at that so, same time, there's no reason they couldn't drop a points fact at the same time. So like, yeah. wait, really, it, it's not that they didn't put these factions in the book because they could be dropping their points at the same day the book released. And we don't know, does the book, is the book officially out as of last Saturday? Yes, yeah. it is officially out as of, but my point is that- So yeah, they could have fact it. Well, obviously, my my point is that since it takes so long for the book to go from written to production to consumer hands, they like, like we'll talk about this in a sec. But honestly, the mission changes and the rule changes those feel fresh. Those feel fresh to me, even though they're written a year ago. They feel fresh and exciting, and that to me is where they should put more of their focus on the book. Is like writing a lot more. Like you gave, which is the alternative should have been. Why is the why isn't there a fact on day one of GHB? Yeah, yeah. Exa- but <clears throat> my point is, I just want to say I think they should just completely eliminate points from the GHB. Don't even have it as a selling point. Just release points as FAQ updates with the GHB, and have your the effort of GW focused on using the GHB to update match play rules, narrative rules, open play rules, and missions. I I, and- I also want to like talk about the fact that like. Somehow the War Scroll Builder on the Warmer Community page got updated of the points, but the Azure app hasn't. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on. Well, you have two different teams. Have a whole other conversation to talk about. Why do you have two different teams managing this? I gotta say, team. I gotta say, I was fucking shocked by the response that we have gotten from people. Real quick, no, 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 hold on. I am shocked by everyone's reaction to Azure and War Scroll Builder not immediately being updated. You realize this is the same weekend as Indominus coming out and how much no, of a shit No, War Scroll Builder did get updated the same day. Yeah. Well, War Scroll yeah. Builder got updated yesterday. There was a notification that was sent everywhere. 
like oh, first of all, like, World like, Scroll Builder is not maintained by James Workshop. No, they, they sent an update yesterday to tell us why Azure is not updated. Yeah. That it has a World Scroll Builder logo on that article. The, the I know. Well, World Scroll Builder was is updated, updated day one. Oh, was it? Yeah, that's. Know. Oh, that's because people, World Scroll Builder is not maintained by I, GW. It's I, I gotta by say, someone else. Gotta say, yeah, Tony probably had the file ready to go. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> so I gotta say, uh, uh, World Scroll Builder is better. It's ac more accurate. It's one hundred percent free, and it's faster to use. I hate Azure. I pay. I pay for Azure. I am a paying customer of the Azure app month by month. I don't like the output. I don't. Output like is terrible. Yep. Output is terrible. I don't like the way it looks. I don't like the way it's structured. And it's not very good. So I don't know why. It's like people who are like, oh, I want this fancier one because it's part of the app. But it's worse in every conceivable well, way. But I still want to use it. Like, in defense of Azure, using War Scroll Builder on your mobile app, uh, mobile device is a pain in the ass, especially in Safari. It's not. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Try it in Safari. You're going to want to kill yourself. Oh, well, <laughs> maybe you shouldn't be. Well, let me, wait, can I click? How do I click yeah. the question mark? I got to click the question yeah, mark. <laughs> uh, so on the Azure, it's just more, it's just better on mobile. And I see War Scroll. I mean, I use War Scroll Builder when I'm at a PC and I use Azure when I'm on my phone. And the one huh. advantage of Azure is that like, I can just look at the War Scrolls as I'm like building the list versus War Scroll mm. Builder doesn't let me. Well, I, uh, I typically am using both, though. I have the app in my phone, right, while I'm doing all my PC building the list. I like that I use, Azure. I use is, Azure, but I, I don't actually use Azure. Like, I pay for I Azure. Like that, I, use I like that Azure is non-volatile, as in it saves states between uh, loads. Like, Warscore Middle mm. is a web app, so if you refresh the page, all of your data is gone. But Unless you, you saved load, it. You can load Unless your you list or save your list. Yeah, but like save your list, like as a mobile user, as an as an iPhone user, that, I don't. I don't say way to integrate some application in BCP where you could push Warscroll Builder list directly to BCP. He's got too many projects on his list. He can't do that. I'm kidding. I no, just just keep, just keep no. adding to the plate, Jeremy. Just keep adding. To the plate. Like honestly, I, I, like I yeah, go ahead. But I, my 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 vote would be for a Warscroll Builder for 40k. Like, like yeah. now that they're going to go out with an app for 40K, give me, give me that. Oh, on it's that out. It's too. out. It's just like not usable right now. Wait, is it out? Yeah, apparently it's out. The, the 40K app's out? Really? No, I've seen enough people, I've, I've seen enough people it's, bitch it's, and moan about it. It will be out it. on day one of Saturday, but it will not have the list building. Oh. Uh, and, uh, but the one thing I will say about the 40K app, they promise that I'm, I will be shocked if they deliver is the rule corrections based on facts. In the digital well, AOS does it. Yeah. If I go to my like the war scrolls do it, but if I oh, the war scrolls. Yeah, yeah. They're we're saying that this is supposed to edit books. Well, I think the 40k app is eliminating books and just going war scrolls. Yeah. I, I don't do think that. they're they're not slaves. No, they can't. They still there's still just as much fluff and all that other stuff that you're gonna need out of it. You're yeah, need I, to get no, because you have all the other rules, you have the uh, what are those things? Command abilities, all that kind of stuff. Strategy. Well, I, I, th I think they're going to, um, well, I think stratagems are going to be like a war scroll. It's going to be like a certain section or something. But I think, I think what Jeremy's talking about is with the FAQs and erratas, they're going to update the data sheets, but they're not going to update the books themselves. Mm. Yeah, I can't see because, the books. Well, the, 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 what's worth saying, though, is that for the books that you used to buy for 40K in the iBookstore, 
they would update those books with the facts. Yeah, and when you bought the deluxe edition of the eBooks, yes, they did do that. And that lasted maybe like what? Like a couple of years? A couple years, yeah. yeah. And then they, they're basically like EPUB or uh, uh, whatever the other format is, but like enhanced. Like you get no updates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've stopped I, buying them though that way, anyways. I, 40K I, has been hard copy for me for a long time. I miss the old like deluxe uh, digital copies. The first one was like a Space Marine book, but literally you had buttons you could click on and it was like a voice of a Space Marine reading the paragraph. Yeah, oh, that was cool. Fuck? Yeah, and the first one was it. super badass. The enhanced <laughs> editions are pretty dope where it were. Yeah. When they first did it, I, I, like, I felt like I was getting my money's worth. It was like $30 for a digital copy. And I was just like, but I can listen to Kassar Khan talk. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever buy the enhanced edition of the Weapons Munitorum? It actually had a soundboard with sound effects for every 40K That's weapon. So, <laughs> so it was like the salt powered robot application, but like. Yes. It was. I bet you that department was the first one cut in the first wave of layoffs. <laughs> <laughs> It's getting Any, dark, man. Anyways, uh, so now that we're done ranting about how the general's handbook, how GW should do things, yeah, um, right? <laughs> like yeah, we know. Like now that we're, so the the general's handbook itself. Um, so uh, Nur my Nurgle talk. my Nurgle army is real happy. I'll say that. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Well, Nurgle got one. Okay, they got a couple of major changes, but like, oh my Nurgle god, some like big changes. Night Black King's going down in points. Oh yeah, Black King's what? dirt cheap now. What is GW? They were already one of the most point efficient wound per point models and save like just defensive capabilities. One of the most point efficient units in the game, and then they made them cheaper by twenty points per five. It's one forty for twenty one wounds that have a four up save. Five hundred like, for a max block now. Oh my god, that is so like I've heard people talk about playing against sixty play uh Blight King lists and oh, it yeah. was like that's just like not fun. No it's, way you, you don't do anything. <laughs> like you can't kill sixty Blight Kings. Yeah, you can no one can I, I already explained it to uh Bill and Greg on the on the, the team American Slack. Oh, it's really easy. You play Luminous, you drop the bravery down to zero, <laughs> and, die, and they're like, shit. <laughs> you, you let them kill 10 of your guys. Yeah, and you're like, the bravery to zero, and then, I mean, they have bravery nine. Anyways, so. And so that, it's that fun to play Lumineth, is it, Alex? <laughs> this is my fucking lukewarm take. Lukewarm they're, take. They're a feel-bad army. So, anyway. Uh, you know, it's funny. Is, is the, 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 I remember the guy who did that rogue idol, Sonny Nguyen, he's also been playing Lumineth against our buddy Ruckman, and their review sounds exactly like your guys' review. Broken, not fun. Here's the thing, here's the thing. You can have a bad Lumineth army and play average to below average and like people won't mind it. People won't mind it at all. But like, if you know what the fuck you're doing and you're actually using your allegiance ability, shit gets fucked. Yeah, I was talking to, Beginner some, I was army. Talking to somebody and I was like, this book <laughs> is broken. And he's like, what do you mean it's broken? I'm like, not that it's gonna like just raffle stomp everything. It's broken because it has an insane amount of negative play experiences. 
that's the it does have an insane mana negative place experience it's like maybe it's not gonna like go 5-0 every time you play it it's not like old slanesh where it's just like dominated yeah but old slanesh frankly old slanesh was not a feel bad army like yeah this is that's the thing is it's not like like, old slanesh which dominated the the tournament dominated and i and like i got my ass handed to me by slanesh with night haunt i never went like holy shit i'm reconsidering my thoughts exactly. on this entire day. Like, like with Lumineth, it was like, oh, you can't actually do anything. Like I got into like a weird Twitter argument you, with a guy the other day. I don't know if you guys saw that, but it was like, the guy was just like trying to explain. He was like, well, Mortar Guard do the same thing. And I'm like, absolutely fucking not. You can avoid them because they're slow. You can do this. You can do that. They're not the, like, like, like the, you know that there's a breadth of range there. Whereas like, Oh, because his initial response was, LOL, just kill Teclas. I'm like, well, good luck, because it's going to be a two or three drop army. And if you can't beat that and shoot him, be able to shoot him off the table, which only a few armies have that, then he's going to have this, 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 and this. Good luck trying to kill him. You can try, but I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to do it. And then, like, the guy was just like, oh, well, like, more, like, OBR do the same thing, not realizing I'm an OBR player. But, like, he, like, the argument was just, like, poorly designed. Because he was just like, Oh, well, like, they have a negative play experience because they have a... Jeremy and I have had long discussions about why patch effects specifically need to be changed. His argument was not that argument. His argument was, well, the plus one armor saves a negative play experience. I'm like, okay, well, no, because with an army like Lumineth, they completely invalidate the army. So does, so does Zinch. is like, oh, shit, damn, your plus one armor save? Good. Too bad I can't do a million mortal wounds to you, you know, and Seraphon, you know, so it's like, okay, cool. Well, the, the next three major books after that invalidated that plus one armor save. So it doesn't matter as much right now to a fucking filthy casual. Absolutely. Yes. It might get them a little salty, but like play better with the army you got might be helpful. You know, uh, this is the, maybe the only room where I might get scrutiny for that because you know, Jeremy's here, but <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I made the case like the the Cathlar spell needs to be rules changed to if you fail bravery test during your movement phase you can't move. If you fail bravery test during your charge phase you can't charge. But if you fail bravery test during your combat phase, the the uh, the Lumina flare gets to either make you that unit minus one to hit or minus one attack. Not what's shocking to me is not, you, you cannot swing. Let's say you have a magical unit that somehow kills 19 fucking wardens, right? You could use your Calathar, make them ignore battle shock on a six oh my plus. Hold on, hold on. Six I'm plus. Done talking about the Cathar, and then you can make an enemy opponent who lost one model be minus 20 against their bravery and lose the whole fucking unit. I'm not going to talk about that. No dice rolls. In, oh, I guess the two up dice roll to ignore bravery, but otherwise you could just transfer that. Get good. Shoot it off the table. <laughs> it has not. Okay. How many? Anyways. Anyways, this isn't a Lumineth episode. That's yeah, right. I, I, hear, I hear there's some new missions out there. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I wanted to talk about the new missions. Right. I really. Garrett, tell me. Garrett, tell me about the new missions. That I only have it on my, my stupid app, and I can't read text that small. So I've looked at the pictures of the new missions. Tell me how much fun I'm going to have. Okay, so ignoring the two brand new missions, which I played, uh, I like the overall new missions. So the first thing that they did is 
shift to deployment zones. So for battle for the pass, no more stupid triangle, flat, horizontal, bravo. I hated that stupid triangle. Like, it was interesting, but like, oh my god, it was annoying to set up, and I just hated it every time. Oh yeah, there's uh, no there's no more noxious deployment maps, right? They're all pretty reasonable. Uh, no. Oh okay. There's like no. one, there's maybe the, two. Uh, the weird step ladder deployments, which I the feel weird like... step ladder is not too bad though, is what it it's turned just, out. Right, the step ladder is not that bad now. It's it like... wasn't that. It's not as extreme as other step ladders. The it's, mission it's design of that one, the knife set, or what's it called? Uh, forcing the hand. Forcing uh, the hand. Holy shit. But yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get to the two new missions. The first thing I want to say is one of the biggest changes is about half the missions, I want to say, added a new scoring condition. So, for example, um, Total Conquest. So, old Total Conquest was you get one point per objective you hold. And then if you, uh, the, if you took an objective from your opponent, as in it, you control it and previously your opponent controlled it, you get an additional point for that objective. And then they added, if you have a leader, set, basically if you're controlling an objective and you have a leader within six inches of that objective, you get an additional point. The one thing I not totally- Wait, the leader doesn't is, have to hold the objective though. No. Well, mm. he has to hold it. He has to be part of holding it. He just has to be within mm. six and you have okay. to hold it. So yeah. I guess technically he could hold a separate one or whatever. But as long as you're holding the objective and you have a leader within six of the objective, Boom. you get a bonus point. I don't know if that's per objective you're holding. So if you have a leader within all five, do you get a five bonus points? Or is it just as long as you are having a leader within one, you get one bonus the point? Word, Not the word as written, it's implied that if there are three objectives in that mission, how many objectives are in that mission? It's, it's four. Uh, right? Four. Yeah. Four. Yeah, yeah. So if there's a hero, you get an extra point for each objective scored for each hero. If there's a hero in your army, a friendly leader. Yeah, I think it's point. worded that way. I don't it's, know if that was intended or not. I but think it was intended. I think it was intended. Maybe, maybe it was intended. I don't like that. But here's uh, yeah, but basically are, you could get bonus points for having leaders hold help hold objectives, <laughs> which is cool because it adds a more uh, points of it, more maximum points available. Because in theory, you could get like, if you stole every objective and you have a lead and you stole them with leaders, whatever, you could get um, 12 points that turn instead of eight points. So the total number of points that a normal objective would get is increased. Um, mm. Vocal points uses monsters and behemoths uh, and stuff like that. So I like this new mechanic because it increases the total maximum points. So you'll see a little bit more like interesting point values it's going to be harder to just like math out like you just need to do x y and remember C. shifting sure. objectives you get a bonus point too if you have battle line specifically yeah so shifting objectives mm. is battle line a couple others use leaders um the other big change i noticed was in a controversial mission better part of valor so better part of valor originally is if you hold an objective at the end of the, when it's you could burn the objective at the end of your turn you get points based on how long you held it. They changed it to being similar to like hero-based missions where the first unit to come to it controls it and you cannot relinquish control until you kill the unit that holds it. Oh. And they made them and they made them three-inch objectives, and they made it so battle line are the only ones who can hold them. Whoa. Yeah, okay. so better part, That's better big. part of power. That's huge. Huge. So better part of Valor is actually a much better mission now because it's not just like 
steal all the objectives, burn every objective, I win. It's like, no, you have to use battle line. B, you have to kill the unit, the battle line unit that was holding it if you want to burn your opponent's objective, and you have to use a battle line unit to steal it from them. And C, it's only a three-inch zone instead of a six-inch zone. Wow. So a 12-inch pipeline versus a six-inch pipeline. Um, All battle line are not created equal. No, yeah, so... <laughs> it's so it's, better... And uh, by the way, the three-inch thing, though, um, doesn't work. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't apply if you kill the battle line. Oh, really? I believe in the rule. In the rule, it says that if the unit kills the unit, the battle line unit, that battle line unit takes control of it. I don't think it has to be within three inches. The next movement phase, I believe it does have to be within three inches. Oh, just hopefully they'll air out of that. Wow. Yeah. So if you're like, it's like spread out with this big cloud. Yeah. Oh, there could or be some interesting stuff. Off. Or as long as your like Lumineth Sentinels are freaking um, ranged units and they just shoot oh, a battle line unit no. off of objectives no. steal it and burn it right is that what no. you're thinking Jeremy? So, while they're bubble wrapped <laughs> I, I was i was pretty sure it said like i remember reading it it says if the battle line if the battle line unit dies to another battle line unit they get it basically let me double check uh, let, let, if the uh if a friendly unit is in three inches you lose control if a battle line is not within three inches only one battle line control each objective if one an enemy unit controlling an objective is destroyed by an attack made by a melee weapon by a battle melee line. weapon so you're mm -hmm. unlikely as long as they are no i, I was you're going to have fucking sentinels they, so. they do also have to move the three inches jeremy was flat out wrong uh he was just uh hoping to find a loophole that does not exist um anyways so that's of all the old missions, um, that's probably some of the m major changes other than standard deployment zone changes. Um, there was one weird deployment that changed. I think it was it, like well, two squares. Places of Arcane Power, I think, changed. Yeah, Place of Arcane Power, they changed. Um, they, oh, Place of Arcane Power, it's now specifically leaders can hold the objectives, not heroes. Yeah, I saw that. Hey, and... and Blizzard Arcane Almost. Power used to be like heroes and wizards. I was like, oh man. Well, that was that was two editions ago. I know, but I was, was like just... fucking twenty sequiturs. Oh, because there's leaders, there's leaders that aren't heroes like Karanak. Yeah, exactly. Like so three now... models now get to hold the objective that couldn't before. Well, <laughs> so, like there's a Vanguard faction where the Vanguard are leaders. Uh, it's uh, one of the sub-allegiances in the new game. Yeah, the Knights of the Empty Throne. Yeah, they're, they're, are, they're basically leaders. Uh, they become leaders, so maybe that's mm -hmm. why. But can we talk but about... I think they also become heroes. Can we talk Oh, no, they're leaders. Yeah. That can, yeah. Jeremy, what do we want to talk about? Uh, I want to talk about like the fact that starting adding battlefield roles gives you extra points on the table. What about it? What about it? Well, so we played Shifting Objective on Sunday, right? And they change the shifting objective. It's the same exact thing, except the shift, the priority objective only gives two points instead of three. Yes, I like that. It, it gives only one. But if you have a battle line unit on the objective you're scoring, you get an extra point. So, like, for example, Alex on turn one got all the objectives, and they were all battle lines, so you got seven points. Mm. Versus, like, the old mission would have been five, right? Yep. Uh, so... But like I said, like by adding battle roll functions that give extra points, it gives incentives to players to try to remove these units as early as possible, mm -hmm. even yeah. though it might not be in an objective. Because there's a lot of armies that only bring like three battle line units. Well, yeah, not minimal, for, for, minimal for battle now. line. 
Remember, yeah. for now, that's going to be it. I mean, guaranteed, we, you know, if COVID goes away and we're able, well, I should, probably shouldn't say that because if we put it on YouTube, then this is going to, never mind. Anyways, um, <laughs> so, so if, uh, if everything goes back to normal, which it won't, but if it does, um, you're going to see Armulus that are going to be a lot more centric towards these new missions. So you're going to see a lot of leaders you know, almost like Hero Hammer and a lot of battle line, specifically cheap to moderately priced battle line. You're going to see- Or tough ones. Or, or tough ones, specifically. So you're not going to, like only one out of the 18 missions requires a behemoth or a monster. So I don't think you're going to well, see- Only one out of the 18 requires battle line. Well, other than battle No, there's, there's a couple of missions that require battle no, line. Yeah, a couple of missions. Better part of Valor battle requires battle line. Uh, shifting objective requires battle line. Uh, there is another one that requires viral nine unit to give or gives you a bonus, a bonus for it at least. Yeah, 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 but yeah. So, 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 and, and then there's a bunch, like half of them, I feel, or at least a quarter of them, are require a leader to get a bonus point. So you're gonna see way less two, three, and four uh, uh, hero army lists, and you're gonna see a lot of fives and sixes, I think, because um, the maximum you can get is six leaders in a 2000 point army. So I'm really convinced that you're gonna see a lot of a lot of fives and sixes. Uh, my my Nurgle armies can do it now. I tell you what, I'm I'm planning on running 90 plague bearers in all my Nurgle lists now. 900 points for 90 plague bearers. That is a beautiful backbone to an army. I believe there's two that require leaders, one that requires battle line for the bonus points, and one that requires monster behemoth. No, we're not talking about just bonus points, Garrett. We're talking about missions where there's an incentive for a specific role each of Yeah. Missions. So and there's two for battle line, two for leader, and one for monster behemoth. I thought I thought um I, I'm unwilling to argue with it, Garrett, at this moment. Well, I thought <laughs> that one of the new ones requires battle line as well. No, I don't I think the two new ones are uh none of the new the two new ones are wild. I mean, Knife's Edge is fucking hilarious. There's six objectives Blade's on the table. Edge, yeah. yeah, I haven't I haven't looked at that yet. It's Tell the me about it. Show. Okay, yeah. So, so Blade's Edge. So there's the two new missions, Blade's Edge and Forcing the Hand. Very different missions. So Blade's Edge, there are six objectives. First thing I want to mention about these objectives. It's uh, so a six by four foot table. And, and, and still, of, still, right? So we didn't, we didn't shrink tables. No, so, okay, not we, drank tables. <laughs> if we drank tables, Take it would be that. even worse. It'd be even Check worse if we drank atheist. tables. So it, you know how most objectives are like 12 inches <laughs> up from the board edge, right? These are 18 inches up from the board edge. Oh. So with them being 18 inches, so the thing that James and I found out using our giant 12-inch mats is that with them being 18 inches from the board edge, the two objectives are touching each other. They're exactly 12 inches apart from each other. Whoa. Easily there. And also with a 12 inch deployment zone, you cannot start the board on any of the objectives. That's right. You can't start on any of the objectives and the objectives are incredibly close to each other. Wow. Basically lining up the middle of the board. Yeah, but you're forgetting the most important part of that mission. Well, no, honestly, this what is to it? me is a huge important part of the mission. So is that all the objectives are like really sick. We get it. They're the real close together. Okay, so the way this <laughs> are they mission close together? Works, they're not. They're, they're really close together. together. John, did you know that? They're COVID nineteen so. objectives. They're, they're not they're socially distant. This is inappropriate. Minimum socially distant. If we were going to try to monetize so, this video, there's no way we could now. Uh, so 
this objective, every objective is worth one point a turn. But starting on turn two, the person who ends up going second, not whoever loses priority, but whoever ends up being second, whether they won priority and decided to go second or lost priority and were forced to go second. Person who goes second removes one objective every turn. So starting turn two, they'll be down to five objectives. So John, if you and I, if, if Jeremy and I were playing and it was the OBR versus Fire Slayers and he had, apparently, let's pretend Jeremy in a perfect world was not playing correctly. And he put two units of 30 hearth guard on one objective. I could be like, I'm going second, you're taking a double turn. Well, that objective doesn't exist anymore. Get fucked. You know, like. I like it. Yeah. I like what I'm hearing. Yeah. It's actually it's, it's really rough. interesting. It's really mission. rough. The one I, consolidation I like, is that objectives are very close to each other, yes. but it still will fuck with some players. It sounds like a fun mission. It, it is. is. It's a lot of fun. I, what I appreciate is that they made it mash, Matthew Pashby proof. You cannot forget that going second doesn't give you three points because you're literally the guy going second. It's just like also, that objective doesn't exist anymore. Let, let's, they straight up removed relocation orb. Thank God. Yeah. They, yeah. yeah. Except for the note about playing 2019 missions. Yeah. Well, Anyways. also remember LVO. Yeah. So we'll talk about that, John, in a second because I want I have a, I have a funny story about that. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the other mission, forcing the hand. This is another one I actually really like. So basically, it's this it's this weird stepladder deployment, which actually is we went it's over this in the last episode. But the new Forcing the Hand episode? Yeah. Mission? Jimmy, Jimmy and I played it. We talked about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, one thing I want to <laughs> note about... Well, I don't remember this. Keep trucking on. Yeah. <laughs> you do you, get You do you, girl. Come on. <laughs> Basically, John, do, do you remember this mission? Uh, are you talking about the last episode? I, I yeah. had a Zen experience during the last episode. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> so basically, on this mission... Uh, there's six objectives down to deployment zones, essentially. And uh, there's three for each person. And on the start of your turn, your opponent picks one of the objectives in their territory. Oh. And they make it your primary objective, which is worth three. Oh, right. Yes, actually, I do remember Alex talking about this. Yes. Yeah. So the one interesting thing I want to say about playing this mission is you guys start really far apart from each other. The way that the deployment zones are set up like, yeah, technically it's a 24-inch gap, at the, but because of the stepladder, the middle of the board, you guys end up being like 30 to 36 inches apart from each other. Oh, interesting. Really far away, yeah. Because it's this basically stepladder, and then you have to be 12 inches away from the territory. And so we set up, and it's like, yeah, there's no first turn, first turn charges going on here. I mean, it was Skaven versus Stormcast, so it was like, that wasn't going to happen anyways, but it was like, no way in hell. Like, we were nowhere near on bind ranges. It's really easy to just deploy completely in the opposite side of your the board from your opponent in this mission. Well, you know, once, once again, the, the AOS team has shown that they, they are amazing at designing missions. Like, to me, that is one of the things that makes Age of Sigmar uh, really the best game that Games Workshop puts out. Uh, now, this year, last year, every year, is the mission design and how well it integrates with the types of armies and the types of rules of the gameplay. Um, you know, I know we're all looking forward to the new edition of 40K coming out, but I would be very surprised if 
even half the missions are as good as all the missions from uh, the new General's Handbook. Yeah, well, they're going to be different mechanics as well. They, they, I mean, like, if we're going to talk about 940K for like a hot half second, there's totally different, totally different scoring mechanics. There's like actions you have to take that take a few minutes. I'm actually kind of surprised. I was actually expecting something like that to be integrated into the General's Handbook as well. Oh, so you were thinking we'd get even more levels of complexity added to the missions, huh? I honestly thought we, I, I actually thought we were going to, but um, I mean, they ended up happening. The weird like secondaries like the auxiliary objectives we do those have auxiliary just, objectives those are just hidden agendas with a new name i know they're hidden they, no, 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 hold on they're hidden agendas with a new name but they are now the tiebreaker that's a big one now all of our listeners if you played age of sigmar for more than a day a minute you'll know that like we the tiebreaker for every mission is who killed more models doesn't exist anymore now it is just the two, you have these two auxiliary objectives, which most of them are the hidden agendas. Um, yes. Then if you completed them, boom, you, if you completed more than your opponent, it's you guys were tied. Tiebreakers for the mission. And it's a tiebreaker. It, it is tiebreakers for the mission. It is tiebreaker for the mission for whatever reason. I think that these will be scorable objectives in a lot of tournaments coming up. Well, it's, in the score sheet themselves, uh, they're tracking them for ba they basically reintroduce battle points. Uh, yeah, but look at the look at the. No, the, if you look at if you look at the actual twelve new missions, they say if you tie on victory points, whoever scored more auxiliary objectives gets yeah, a minor victory. Reported them to that way, but for the wait, for more the, are are all available all the time? Is that no? What they you mean? pick two. You, it okay. says before before you start each mission. It's in the it's in the um, it's in the rules for each mission specifically. Each uh, each player well, chooses two auxiliary objectives. Auxiliary, but not in the mission. But what I was trying to tell Garrett is that they also which I really hope uh, more TOs use, which is the score sheet sheets from General Handbook. Mm. And the score sheets actually have uh, check marks for like, hey, did your opponent score one or zero or two of his auxiliary objective? And there are more points depending on like the result of that scenario. So I'm guessing they want they're planning on using them for tiebreakers for overall placement inside a tournament. Yes, they do decide draws inside the actual game, but they also decide draws or position in the overall event. Um, they're basically worth they're basically worth um, fifteen points and no, uh, five points apiece. Yeah. Uh, the auxiliary objectives are basically worth five battle points because it's six. Yeah, because it's sixty battle points for a major victory, um, fifteen points for three auxiliary objectives, uh, five points for uh, sportsmanship, and then twenty points for paint. Because what it yeah. is? Yeah. Right, paint. There you go. Have your fucking everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm a that, big that, fan of that. I I know you are, John. And there's nothing but, wrong with you. I will say though that paint is like broken down to did you are you battle ready and did you base your model like is are you three color minimum and are you based are like the two options for well, paint battle ready and then, by workshop standard is not three paint minimum by the way yeah yeah it's, but still, it's but still, still 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 hold on it's one of those I applaud like, effort hey, not hey, not quality frankly it, it again were you were you, are you wearing no pants Alex. I'm wearing pants. I'm wearing, I'm wearing shorts. I'm oh, okay, okay. I, I was a little frightened by what I saw a second ago. You got to sign up to my OnlyFans <laughs> account to get that. Well, OnlyFans. I, I didn't know that was an option. <laughs> Iron front out. After, OnlyFans. After, after, 
<laughs> yeah, after what we were talking about earlier, I'm kind of intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I was going to say, um, the, the, like, it takes no effort nowadays to, to actually have, like, a fully painted army, or at least a tabletop standard army. So for little effort. It doesn't take no effort. <laughs> well, in yeah, it took me, like, five days of eBay surfing to get my new Necron army painted. There you go. Oh, yeah, but specifically, Age of Sigmar, I think it's a whole different, it's a slightly different variation of a, a war gamer. So, like, you know, we went to Nova, and, like, the armies were still on average. Amazing. Way better looking than... Oh, I do want to mention one thing about the tournament pack Jeremy was referring to earlier. So the sportsmanship, before they gave you a sportsmanship points for offering a handshake at the start of the game, this time they said a handshake or a fist bump at the end of the game. Well, you want to be socially distant, right? So like, I know, exactly. I, I, I like that they added the fist bump, and but they made it at the end of the game to say like, hey, we played a good game rather than we're about to play a good game. I don't know. When I'm down, I'm down with a fist bump on both ends. You know, yeah. when you play me, it's like basically uh, anal lubricant required. So it's like it's like a fist bump. So I should get mad. Yeah. To give you the exact wording. Well, some of us require more than a bump. With that, I'll say maybe Alex is down to a bump nowadays. But you, you get two out of your five sportsmanship points for opponent introduced themselves in a friendly manner and made a respectful guest gesture such as offering a handshake or fist bump after the game. A respectful you. gesture. Oh, so that's cool. So you can give him a, so a little like hang a loose. Drink. Get him a drink. Get him a drink. There you go. Yeah. yeah. For I, I, sure. After the game, yeah. let's get a drink. It's everything we've ever hoped for Games Workshop, which is like, hey, Games Workshop, would you please support competitive gaming? And in the AOS world, they're like, yeah, here you go. Here's a format. Here's a score sheet. Here And like, go for it. Like, just use emissions from this book. Just use our format. What more support would you want from Games Workshop at this point? Like, yeah, I mean, they're, yep. they're not running. Are it. you not entertained? Yeah, it's, yeah it's, a, it's a usable format. That's the thing is, if you've never ran a tournament, you know, and it's, you're just starting out, it's always easier to start with an existing format. You follow that. You get practice. It helps you get through the basic bumps and problems. And then from there, you're inspired to create your own John, uh, unique John. way of holding a tournament. I've run one day events. Garrett's run one day one day events. Jeremy's run one day events. What's more important is you, sir, have run GTs. You've run, yep. run bigger I've events. Run what are your thoughts? You've run GTs. Hold on, real quick. You've run GTs and yeah. GTS or GTs in real life. My, my my honest thought <laughs> is that it's best it, coach experience doesn't much, count. You get as much out of the GT as you put in. And if you put in all the effort up front to build a community and attract good people, you're going to have a great right. time. So that said, if you're, if you're first time running a tournament, I wouldn't recommend running it off the GW rules pack. Really? <laughs> <laughs> not, not for a GT. I, I'm just saying for, for maybe for a two day event, maybe as you're getting to a, a little bigger uh, number of players, maybe you want to enhance that with a little more, a little more maybe restrictions on some of the things that are going on for a second uh there is now no excuse for garrett to not have a, a fucking tournament packet because it's literally from the general handbook yeah so, uh, yeah is that where we were going with this i was trying not to shame him excuse me sorry i didn't catch the clue <laughs> hold on you guys let me jump on the bandwagon here real GTS quick tournaments, gts tournaments you can't give them a friendly gesture there's no gestures because we're on oh, the internet you a friendly gesture on tts here's one 
and here's two. <laughs> um, also, the internet. They also they can't get their paint score. I guess should I like? There's no battle ready on TTS. Well, then assume they're battle ready. How hard is that? They're on the table. They're painted. I can't assume anything. I'm not watching no, the games. Well, no, because you're not a Well, Gary's the worst TO ever. He doesn't watch the games. You guys, if you ever get offered to have your kids watched by Garrett, just don't. Assume <laughs> minimum effort will be required. He well, if you if you didn't pay Garrett to watch your kids, then you get what you pay for. But well, I suspect if you pay for it, if you turns. if you pay if Garrett you pay to watch your kids, they'll probably at least get some hot dogs. If you pay him to watch your kids, he'll say he'll put it on the list and wait four years to put it out. Oh, <laughs> uh, too many inside jokes now. We're getting we're getting too meta. Be meta. No, uh, anyways, <laughs> back to the general's handbook. Uh, the other, so uh, I also like what they did with Ryan. I'm, I'm appalled that you guys finally have something to talk about, and all you can do is go on to side tangents. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm with, yeah, right? Anyways, I like the realm rules. Uh, anyone want to jump in on their thoughts on the realm rules? I really no, like The realm it. rules are terrible. It's fucking not really? useless. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 okay. So, for, so first, before we, wait, wait, Eric, before we get into specifics of the realm rules, okay, I think that the idea of what they're doing with the realm rules is the right direction. They've simplified them. They've brought, it's, it's honestly, if they started with this to get everyone used to the idea of the realm rules, then right now they could be releasing the previous version of realm rules because we'd be ready for more complex realm rules. But they were too complex before, so everyone shied away from them. And GW was like, you know what? Here, we're going to give you the beginner version, and now try it out. And so I like what they've done. However, perhaps my co-hosts have some possible objections with one or two or specifically four of the realms that are out there. <clears throat> Jeremy, Garrett, Alex? I don't have any. I, I, I honestly realms. think the way the way they've condensed realm rules makes it like why even have them in the game. Like, I mean, they, why I, honestly? Like, why why even have them in? Like, they're just like we went from like full on MSG to like a pinch of salt. Like that's basically the annotation. MSG is good for you. So yeah. well, for, from I mean, a ma from yeah. a match play perspective, <laughs> from a match play perspective, I mean the fact that. You guys were running into tournaments where they didn't even use realm spells at all, and out here we were full realm spells, and some or were or sim we were yeah simplified yeah. realm spells was pretty like, common. And then there was just no one was using the realmscape features. Period. They're like just use one, or some people were like, yeah, we'll pick and choose. Nobody used Gur because Gur was impossible to play. Like it, they were so narratively awesome, but. I just don't like. I just don't like it. I, 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 I they do have an effect. Like we played in Hish. There, Garrett, to basically melt flesh out some armies which did not have full books. We're past that phase now. Not this. Just remove them out of match play setting. Like why I mean, them there? And then secondly, because it's fluffy. Because you know, it's because we It's a match play experience. Like if you land on Cayman. Like, let's talk about the problem child, right? Cayman, yeah. problem child, right at the game. Yes. Yep, yep. Like, right that one game. should not be in any tournament pack ever because adding another spell that reintroduces the old Mystic Shield to the game, it's just not a good idea. 
Like you not know, when it's been designed serious, out. Serious, serious flashbacks of all the like, shield getting hit. Like they were like, like this is a problem. Let's just like fucking fight this with like uh, chemotherapy. And then they were like, well, maybe you just have some more. Just, just a little, <laughs> little bit. You know, I want to go on the opposite end, Jeremy. I played in Hish on Sunday, and I was like, what's the realm spell for Hish? One unit, wholly within 12 inches of the caster, reroll ones on saves. So it's just a worse Mystic Shield. Yeah, a worse Mystic but at least you can it's have... It's just a wor- like, oh, and it's okay. Mystic Shield is better than, like, that. But, okay, let's talk about some realm feature. The Realm of Fire makes all-terrain features volcanic. You know what fucking all- annoying is to roll for every fucking unit in the game for every time they're in Honestly, that's you not actually a don't have to roll for every unit, just every terrain piece. Great. It's still like way too much because the average terrain piece they recommend is like nine to twelve pieces of table. So it's just like I mean it, it, there's fun fundamental things about realm spells. It's like A or sorry, realm realmscape. They slow down the game. They introduce some weird RNG mechanic that could cause some people to be like, what the fuck? Uh, and then their spells are either good, bad, or like too fucking good. Uh, and like having two Mystic Shields per turn is really good. <laughs> like, it's, it's just a solid like, like mechanic. Uh, I, I, I guess my, I'm coming from the perspective of I've already accepted that Realm Rules have to be a thing. Because that, that is what Age of Sigmar is. Age of Sigmar is played in realms, and so you have to play in realms. Like, I, I've accepted that, and back, like, when realm rules first were introduced, I was against them. I did not like realm rules at all, because I was like, half the realmscape features. Like, again, yeah, the RNG mechanics, the, like, the fact that you can just be in a realm where the realm spells will massively buff your army. I did not like realm spells, realm rules in any way, but after two, like, two full years of playing in a game that had realm rules, we all just accepted that you will be in a realm. That is what happens. And so I, now that I have that mindset, I'm like, well, now we have these realm rules. Yeah, but the, the entire creation of them, the entire incentive of them was to like flesh out armies that didn't have benefits to allegiance spells. Didn't have benefits to allegiance relics. Well, the, now, the original, concept, the original concept of realm rules was this game is played in realms because you're an Age of Sigmar in every well, game. Well, that's realms. I'm talking about realm artifacts, realm spells. Those are like designed to finally give options to armies that do not have like actual yeah. allegiance abilities. Realmscape features, to be honest, were bad. They were just bad. Like the realmscape yeah. features. The old, the old, the, the old the way, which is bad. Yeah. You played Ogu, they were. all of them were terrible. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and you played yeah. Fire, and some of them were just literally just, hey, you're an army that has fly, you get shit on. Uh, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Then, Anything that focuses bad. one type of army is always bad. They were just but, bad. Yeah, but, but what I see now is with the current setup is I still am going to use them the same way I was using them before. I'm going to pick a realm for a day. So for an RTT, that whole realm art, that whole RTT might be held in a particular realm, and for GTs, there might be a realm day one and a realm day two, and yeah, build themes around it. Cayman. Never pick Cayman. Yeah, yeah just never pick, pick Cayman. Never pick. Yeah. I think that's the, 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 I think that's the general consensus here. However, but, um, here's a good I would question. agree with you. I would agree with you, Jeremy, that if this wasn't Age of Sigmar, 
we should like if if we were never introduced to realm rules in second edition Age of Sigmar, I would think that there was no point at realm rules. But now we have realm rules. I mean, we just have to accept that they're we, here to stay. This we, way of implementing them. So, Jeremy, what is the realm that we're going to play this Sunday? I don't care. Realms are bad. They're dumb. They shouldn't be in the game anymore. Oh. Well, to let our to let our viewers know, we are going to have uh, again a stream game. It's probably going to be uh, Sylvaneth versus Grand. Wait, no, you corrected me. Big Wog. Yeah, yeah. So that's the correct one. John Big was Wog. so uh, gracious to share that with us. Um, so we'll be able to do that. It'll be on Twitch. It'll be on the. Don't worry, guys. I'm not playing Big Wog. Alex is. So he might. I'm have playing to Big Wog. So we'll see how that goes. Um, what's what's but, your what's your Twitch channel there, Jeremy? Uh, it's the French D6 Revolution, um, and uh, as soon as I get our Squarespace uh, Squarespace page up, you'll be able to find it there with in your yeah. face media. Or yeah, exactly. Um, another thing that we have going on this weekend, though, so that's going to be on Sunday, but on Saturday we are going to be on a special 27-hour AOS rant cast. No, by no, you're not. Not this Saturday. This upcoming Saturday, that is correct. No, Sunday, buddy. Ten. No, it's 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 Saturday, but it's Saturday the twenty fifth, not the seventh. Oh, I'm sorry, you're right. Saturday. And we're totally going to talk about it next week. So, a preview yeah. of what we're going to talk about next week is the upcoming <laughs> Rantcast with our teammates here. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh uh, yeah. Fuck me. Yeah. That great. Great way to close. That's what you were closing the show with, right? What to look for next? For week. the record, for the record, last weekend, like on Saturday or on Friday, Jeremy was like. Well, hey, we're doing the rank cast this Sunday, right? I'm like, no, it's next Sunday. So it turns out it's it was not even Sundays. next Sunday. So it turns it's out not even Sunday was, anymore. He was wrong. Saturday. And I was like, Jeremy, no, 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 you're wrong. I'm right. And I'm like, no, even I was wrong by a whole no. fucking week. God damn it. I had to make sure of him that it was like 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. Because I was just like, like, he showed us this like pen scribbled sheet. And I was just like, I can't tell. If it's 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. He's got, he's got a plan. He's got a plan. He's the man with the plan. He's hey, a really great guy. Hey, you guys are um, out of phase. That's all I got to say. Yeah, yeah. So, out of phase so, and out of time. Um, yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's going to be a really great time. Uh, we have some more announcements about that a little later. Um, we are going to be on the AOS Rantcast for Mr. Meth. That's going to be two, sat or two Saturdays from today. Um, we'll go into detail next episode, though. One more thing, uh, we uh, are probably going to look for volunteers to uh, do a test Twitch run of uh, uh, Vermintide 2. Yes. And uh, if you uh, are willing to uh, help us with that, uh, please hit us up uh, at um, our Facebook chat. I mean, you probably know us personally, so just message us on Facebook or <laughs> our fucking, uh, 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 anywhere you can find us. <laughs> Send us a page. At Iron Front Alex. <laughs> yes, at the French Overlord. At G Mulroney. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, you can hit up Wide World of Wargaming and we'll be able to get that information over or in your phase, uh, at in your phase on Twitter or in your phase network on uh, Facebook. We're going to be able to give you guys that kind of information. And we've been playing a lot of Fermentide. Uh, Garrett and I have, but, you know, of course, Jeremy recently got it back. And uh, you know it's a really fun game, um, and the Twitch feature is really cool. I wasn't aware of this until I played last with Jeremy. But if you turn on the, a special Twitch stream feature of the game, your 
Twitch followers will be able to change which enemies spawn against yeah. you. So they could be oh, like, how fun. Oh, God. Yeah. How oh, God. fun. Storm, storm fiends for days. No, Just fuck storm fiends. You're like, chaos spawn, chaos spawn, chaos spawn. Oh, God, spawn. right. I forgot about chaos spawn. Oh, yeah, God. storm, storm oh, fiends. It's cool. It's like, it gives the audience the ability to pick, uh, choose their adventure instead of choose your own adventure. Choose their adventure. <laughs> Choose your adventure for us. Choose our adventure. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's cool, and it's it's like it's like you can't help but like try to sabotage the experience of the streamer. So it's even better. Now, now tell me, now tell me, Alex. Do you know where all the tomes and grimoires are now? Absolutely not. There are a lot more levels. There are a lot more levels than I thought there were. When Twitch chat watches it, it's not about finding the grimoires. It's about just not dying. Like yeah, seriously. <laughs> Seriously, and I've been inspired because I was talking to Jeremy about this earlier. I jumped into a like veteran level um, game when I was like just barely able to get into veteran before a few friends jumped on. And uh, I was playing with some people like randos and there were guys who were just like one-shotting in veteran, like one-shotting fucking storm fiends like they were nothing. And I was just like, like two or three hitting bosses. And I'm like, what is going on here, you guys? Like, how did you fucking do that? Like. Magic. Magic. Codes. Cheat codes. Lead hacks, you guys. Lead hacks. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, we're going to have more information about that. Where can people reach you, Jeremy, if they were going to talk about testing that? Where, where the would internet. They? Facebook, Twitter. You know how to find the it. The ether. In-your-face media. In-your-face media. In-your-face at gmail.com. Is that what you said? Yeah, something like that. It is. Yeah. In your face, twenty twenty at gmail.com. You're gonna have to work oh, on that's in your right. Face, in your face, twenty twenty at gmail.com. You're gonna have to work on gonna be the email address. Like, we're terrible at this. <laughs> we're, we're, we're in a bit of a transition. It's fine. Some growing pain. Yeah. It's all good. Growing pain. Um, however, in the meantime, you know, do feel free. You know, since we are gonna be switching off, you guys, uh, do feel free to uh, like us on uh, Facebook at in your phase media uh we're also on tw uh, twitter at in your phase um so do like and follow we're going to be giving you guys a lot more content in the next last two episodes that we're going to be on the wide world of wargaming we're going to provide you guys a lot more details as to where we're going to be at where we're going to be uh in terms of the future in terms of the timeline and uh we, we really hope that you guys do join us on that journey uh, in the meantime for the wide world of wargaming as well do like and subscribe and on Facebook, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we don't yet have that set up for uh, in your phase, but we will very shortly. So do keep a lookout on that as well on social media. But this is going to be Alex, John, Jeremy, and Garrett signing off for the evening. You guys have a good night. Hi, folks. <laughs>